Good evening. Glory be to God. I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you this evening. It is about 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Coming to you, this is Susan Bizzle, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Amen. And I'm coming to you today. Um, I am coming today. I am going to be, right now, a lot of people are not having Sunday school. I'm a lover of Sunday school. I uh, was been in Sunday school when I was a little girl and I always loved Sunday school. And so it's been on my heart to uh, teach Sunday school lesson. Amen. And uh, for those of you who like Sunday school, attend Sunday school, or those who just want some more of the foundational teachings, I will be using the David C. Cook. David C. Cook uh, literature. I don't know if you can see it that good. Working with my kind of my overhead spotlight. Um, the standard lesson commentary 2020 to 2021, September to August, and I will be using the King James Version. It's the International Sunday School Lessons. I mean, I used to belong to United Holy Church, and um, this was our Sunday School book, and um, I always found it uh, to be a very good um, book. And I used to uh, teach Sunday school as well. Amen. I give God glory and honor today. Um, I'm going to start. I'm not going to backtrack today. But throughout the weeks coming up, I will go back and finish the ones that were already at the uh, that we've already, Sundays. But I'm going to keep in touch on Sundays with the current lesson. Um, last week, the lesson was called to proclaim. Uh, devotional reading was Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 11. The background scripture was Luke 4. So this week, we're going to be, um, this unit 2 is called in the New Testament. Jesus and calls in his ministry. So... We're going to be talking about our lesson aims. After participating in this lesson, each learner will be able to recite the plot twists in Luke 5, 1 through 11, explain the nature of Jesus' calling of the fishermen, write a statement that rephrases his or her job in terms of Jesus' call to evangelism. Our lesson outlet outline um, the power of children's song lesson content shallow water teaching press of the crowd solution of the ship deep water miracle the reluctant expert bursting nets amen this all sounds very interesting amen it is a very familiar scripture um and we're going to keep it nice and and um straight to the point um, 
Glory be to God. Let us pray. Precious Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, as we come here today and we are participating in this Sunday school lesson, Father, we just want to give you glory and honor and praise, Father God. And God, I thank you and I just praise you, Lord God, that I decrease that you would increase. Lord God, that you would use me for your glory. And God, you would teach this lesson and have me say the things that need to be said. And God, I thank you so much, Father God. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. We thank you and we just praise you, Lord God. Give us listening ears. Oh God, help us understand this word, Holy Spirit. Help us understand this word and break it down to us. Oh God, that we may be able to apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Because, you know, hearing the word and being able to apply it uh, to our lives, you know, we don't want to just hear the word, but we want to be able to apply the word uh, to our lives. Amen. We want to be able to apply it to our lives because just knowing it, just being a hearer of the word and not being a doer of the word, we know that there's no reward in that. Amen. But we have to be a doer. We have to hear the word and then we do the word. You know, in the morning, um, if you, when you get up, um, taking it from a woman's point of view, when you get up in the morning and you, you know, once you, uh, you have your uh, bath soaps, your soaps don't do any good if you don't apply them. Amen. Uh, you know, you have deodorant, you know, you have this kind, you have secret, you have band or whatever type of deodorant that you have. It doesn't do any good in the, in the container unless you apply it. Okay, um, and then when you want to put on your makeup, say if you want to put on a, a light coat, a lip gloss, or some eyeshadow mascara, it doesn't do any good to you. Apply it. Amen. You can have something, but until you apply it. Amen. All right. Yes, yes, yes. So we're going to dive right on into this word. Um, introduction. The power of children's songs. I don't think there is any doubt that putting words to music or even just to rhythm helps people learn and memorize. For instance, one of the first songs I remember learning in Sunday school was I Will Make You Fishers of Men. Even though I didn't think I, I've heard or sung the song in years, both the lyrics and the accompanying motions are still rooted in my memory. Two generations later, my grandchildren participate in a curriculum group that includes learning facts and concepts via memorized songs. Thanks to one of these songs, my three-year-old granddaughter was able to keep up with her two older brothers in memorizing all 45 U.S. presidents. I'm sure my understanding of becoming a fisher of men was quite limited when I memorized the song. But I believe the lyrics made a positive and permanent impression on my developing heart and mind. Looking back, I feel certain that I realized Jesus was extending to me a personal invitation to follow him. And I grasped that he was offering me an opportunity for fulfilling service. He would make me a fisher of men. 
Today, we study one of the passages in which Jesus called men to follow him when they didn't know exactly what that meant. Allow it to renew and re-inspire your sense that Jesus Christ has called you to something eternally significant. Amen. And it was talking about the uh, memorizing the songs. Um, and most of us, uh, we had some kind of way that we studied that helped us memorize when we were in school. Um, I babysit my one-year-old grandson, and he watches Sesame Street. And I've noticed through the years with Sesame Street, even when my children were small, that they uh, sing the alphabet song. You know, and that's how a lot of kids learn their alphabet, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you know, and that's how they learn their alphabets, normally in a song. Amen. So, and, and, and also the gospel hymns, amen, the gospel hymns, amazing grace, right? These gospel hymns. Is your all on the altar of sacrifices? You see, down at the cross where I first saw the light. You know, so we can remember, we can take it to that to remember when the gospel hymns when we were little i remember being in church and i didn't know what they meant but i remember them singing the gospel hymns amen and they all have a message amen we may not hear them that much in church now depending on which church uh fellowship that you go to but i love the hymns and the hymns you know sometimes when you're sitting and and you know you just get one of those hymns and you can just sing it all day and it just minister you you know, when nothing else would help, love, oh, love, oh, love, love lifted me, you know, so singing all of the hymns. And so here, turn with me to Luke 5, and we're going to go through uh, verses 1 through 11. And um, the Sunday School Manual that I have, I have the, the year commentary. Um, you can pick it up from the Christian Book Soldier, Soldiers, uh, any of Christian, Christian Book Online, dot, I think it's dot .com online, um, and you can get it. You can get it in NIV version, other versions, large print, small print, and it keeps the whole year together. So, you know, you can also buy the smaller quarter books, but I like the commentary because it keeps my whole lessons for the whole year together. Okay. Luke 5, 1 through 11 is part of the third of six major sections of Luke's gospel. The, the sections present themselves as follows. Jesus' human relationships, that's, 1 verse 5, chapter 1 verse 5 to chapter uh, 2 verse 52. John's baptism and testing, that's chapter 3 through chapter 4, verse 13. 
Um, then we see Jesus' ministry in Galilee, chapter 4, verse 14, through chapter 9, verse 50. Jesus' journey to Jerusalem, chapter 9, verses 51, through chapter 19, verses 44. Jesus' rejection and sacrifice, chapter 9, verses 51, through chapter 19, verses 44. Jesus' rejection and sacrifice, uh, chapter 19, verse 44, through chapter 23, verse 46. Jesus' resurrection and ascension, chapter 24. Amen. The third section covers Jesus' time and energy spent teaching, preaching, and performing miracles. All activities served as demonstrations of the good news. All were central to Jesus' mission and all called for response. That is certainly the case in Luke 5, 1 through 11, today's text. Matthew 4, 18 through 22 and Mark 1, verses 16 through 20 are all parallel accounts. Okay, shallow water teaching, Luke 5, 1 through 3. A press of the crowd. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. In Luke 4, we see Jesus teaching and preaching in synagogues. Now we see him ministering out in the open for the first time in this gospel. The lake was named for the fertile region on the northwest side of the lake. The word means garden of riches. The authors of other gospels refer to this freshwater body as the Sea of Galilee. And John also calls it the Sea of Tiberias. In the Old Testament, it is known as the Sea of Shinaroth. That's Joshua 12 and 3. At 13 miles long and 7 miles wide, this picturesque lake served as the backdrop for much of Jesus' ministry. Jesus had just healed many people at Capernaum, that's Luke 4, 31-41, located on the northwest shore of the lake. Reports about Jesus and his amazing deeds went, went out into every place of the country round about. The result was that the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. The phrase, the word of God, could mean either the word that comes from God or the word that tells of God. Either way, this marked Jesus' ministry as prophetic for Jews steeped in the Old Testament. Okay, um, they gave me some background scriptures, 1 Kings 12 and 22 and 1 Chronicles 17 and 3. So we see here that um, people came from everywhere because you imagine then and they it had been told that the Messiah was going to come and all of these things that the Messiah was going to do. So he's here now. Now, we also know in this time, they uh, the Jews, they were under Roman rule. Okay. And here, here comes Jesus, this Messiah, the one that had the prophets had foretold that was coming. 
And so with the miracles and signs and wonders that Jesus performed, they had not, people had not seen that. And so that spread the word, the good news that, hey, there's this man named Jesus and he's healing people and he's delivering people. And people came to see people because if, 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 when we look at TV and we see these big healing ministries like uh, Benny Hinn and uh, Catherine Kuhlman and, and we, and there are others, I'm just naming these, be, um, and we see people coming and they're coming from everywhere with the faith and, and to be healed. And we see that when they get here and all of them on one accord, we see that the atmosphere is charged with faith and belief and they're all here seeking Jesus, seeking to be healed. Amen. And and um, so just imagine that word go out and all of these people, they are coming and they are pressing, you know, upon Jesus. They want to hear the word of God. Amen. And I think about the scriptures when it, it when it, the scriptures tell us, you know, that there's going to come a, a day when there'll be a famine of the word of God. You know, just a, it'll be a famine, you know, people wanting to hear the word of God. Now, here he is preaching not just in man's wisdom but with with miracle signs and wonders following and he's preaching in in power amen and 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 he's teaching in parables amen and they're pressing coming thirsty and hungry to hear a word of god amen because it's producing and god's word is not coming back void it is producing what is set out to do and people are being healed and delivered and people are hungry and thirsty for the real word, the real thing. And Jesus is giving them this word. Amen. Uh, verse two. And saw two ships. Two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thirst out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. You know, we we see that when we look at the book of Luke, we look at the other gospels, we see that people are coming from everywhere. Just the crowds, the multitudes. One verse says that the whole world is gone out. Pretty much the, the Pharisees were like, the whole world has gone after him. So this wasn't a, Jesus wasn't a one night wonder, you know, wonder. You know, people say, oh, well, you know, such and such and such. And we still talking about Jesus today. Amen. And so Jesus is standing here and the people are pressing, pressing upon him. They're just coming from everywhere. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And so he sees these two ships on the lake, but he don't see any fishermen in them because the fishermen was washing their nets. Um, and that just let us understand that um, to be a fisherman, you know, you had some equipment. You had a boat. And they had some nets and they had to take care of their boats 
and they had to take care of their nets. They couldn't just take the net when they finished and just throw it. And then the next day think that the net's just going to work. But when they got out for work, they, they, they worked. They washed their nets and they looked for tears and, and it cuts because it's important. The net was so important because that's what they caught the fish in. And if the net was dry rotted, if the net was kinked up and twisted, then the next day when they was when they went to work, look at all how they are delayed now because of the net. And now that they're off work, so if something's wrong with the net, now they can actually mend the net. Amen. It's just like when you uh, get ready to go to work. Most people that are organized, they go ahead and have their outfits ready. Well, I'm going to wear this tomorrow. Even if they don't put it out, they have two or three outfits that I can wear this. If something wrong with this, then I can wear that one. Or if my button pop off of that one, uh, uh, this. Because you have a mental note. And when you wash and you take care of your clothes, you, you put your clothes in, you know, you put your stuff together. You know, you, you, you have this here and you have all your pants, you have your skirts, you have sweaters, you have, you have this and you rotate them out in the seasons because that's your work gear. That's your work gear. And if you have to get children up and get children to where you need to be, you make your baby's bag at night. Minus the the milk bottles if they're a small child. So you have everything ready so that it's just grabbing the bag, putting the milk in it, and doing all of the other things. You prepare for work. And if you need if you have equipment, you have to prepare. If you drive a truck, you just don't run out in the morning at the last minute, running late and jump in the truck and take off. You have to do safety checks. You know, you do preventive maintenance in the morning. You check the tires. You make sure the mirrors work. You make sure the lights are, are, are functional. The wipers work. You have to take care of your work equipment. Amen. Um, I want to read this for you here. Um, it said the two boats, mostly of cedar and oak, the boat measures about 27 feet long, 7 feet wide, and 4 feet deep. It could have supported about a ton of weight, either about 15 passengers or 5 crew members, and their catch of fish. Fishermen of the area of the era often used a large dragnet, which required two or, two or more men to deploy, or else a smaller and circular casting net. For returning from fishing, they needed to wash and stretch their nets to prepare them for the next outing. This was not the first time Simon and Jesus had met. They're referring to Luke 4, 31 through 38. At Simon's home, Jesus had healed Simon's mother-in-law from a great fever. That's 4, Chapter 4, verses 38b through 39, and many others were brought there with illnesses and demonization. That's 4, 40 through 41. And we also have another uh, description of a previous meeting with Simon in um, John 1, 40 through 42. 
And Jesus sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Boarding the ship solved the problem of the crowds pressing on Jesus, allowing him to still be seen and heard. Jesus then sat down the normal position for teaching. This was not to be the only time that Jesus taught from a boat. Um, we, we know that they have met before. Jesus and Peter have met before. And Jesus see the boats and the fishermen washing their and preparing their nets for the next day. Amen. And we're talking about the call of Jesus. So it's no accident. That, oh, he accidentally ends up on Peter's boat. No, there is no coincidences. And so we see that the people are just teachers, teachers, Jesus, help us, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And so Jesus gets on the boat and tells them to push out a little bit. And he teaches sitting on the boat. But for some reason... Nowadays, we feel like we have to be in a, a brick um, church, Ephesus. We, we feel like we got to be there. We have to have stained glass windows. We got to have carpet and padded pews and air conditioners and chandeliers everywhere. And we have to have all of this stuff to teach. And these pastors and people that go to these type of churches, they look down their noses sometimes at storefront churches or people having churches in their homes, uh, people meeting um, at, the be at the beach and people meeting at parks, people meeting at one another's house. Amen. But the main purpose is uh, preachers preaching on the street. The, well, they don't have a, a church home. They don't have a building. Just because a pastor doesn't have a building doesn't mean he's a pastor. Just because a, a teacher doesn't have a building uh, to to with with the steeple and the bell that rings, that doesn't mean that they're not an anointed teacher called by God. Any place, at any time, God can speak a word that can change your life if you receive it. Now we see that Jesus is on the boat and he's pushed out a little ways. The people can see him. He can see the people and they can hear the word because you can't, he couldn't do anything with all these people pulling and pressing on him. So he had to get to a place that he could move back a little bit from them and that they would calm down because you can't address a crowd in the middle of it and teach you have to have an atmosphere for teaching. Amen. Glory be to God. And so he's teaching the people. You see how the people are hungry and thirsty for the word of God? Because the Bible lets us know that if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we're going to be filled. Glory be to God. Now, I'm not knocking nice church buildings. Don't get that wrong. What I'm saying is that have nothing to do with getting the message of God out. That has nothing to do with it. It's not about the building. It's not about that. Oh, well, we have a, ball, a basketball court and we have this and we have a, a that's, that has nothing to do with it. Amen. That has nothing to do with it. And we see in 2020 
that when a lot of those mega churches had to shut their doors, that they too had to go on Facebook and preach. They had to go on YouTube and preach. But the thing of it is, is the gospel is being preached and is being taught. Now, there is a difference between, between preaching and actually teaching because teaching makes disciples. Amen. It's something about when you sit down and you teach word upon word, line upon line, precept upon precept. Now, a lot of is boring to a lot of people. You know, I wish he'd speed up. I wish he would hoop and holler and dance and sing and shout. But after we do all of that, what we going to do tomorrow when life hits us? We need all of it. We need it all. Glory be to God. Because in the book of Ephesians, in chapter 4, when he gave men gifts, apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers. Teachers are part of that fivefold ministry. Glory be to God. Amen. And we see that Jesus is so humble and meek that he would teach on a boat. Glory be to God. He didn't have bodyguards. Hallelujah. But he walked. He was able to walk openly and freely at this time. The word had went out and everybody come to see and hear a word from God that would change their life. Amen. One word from God. Change your life. And the Bible says if we draw not to him, that he would draw not to us. He tell us to call upon him while he's near. Glory be to God. And we see Jesus sitting down on the boat and teaching the people. He's such an humble, humble. He knows how to humble himself because he realizes I've got a short while and I got to do all I can do while I can do it. Glory be to God. In our next section, we want to talk about, uh, they're talking about deep water miracles, talking about Luke 5, 4 through 7. The shallow water teaching, they were just talking about Jesus being on the boat just a little bit out. So there was water there. So the people couldn't wade in it and, and just take him, you know, uh, but they were far, he was far enough from them to where there could be a hush and then he could actually teach. And here, the deep water miracle, um, let's read that. Let's go ahead and read that, that verses four through five. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, 
Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Now that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Nevertheless. Nevertheless, because we saw that Jesus said that same word in the garden of Gethsemane when he was praying to his father to let the cup pass from him. And then he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. And then he allowed them to take him and crucify him, knowing that his heavenly father would raise him up on the third day. Amen. With all power in his hand. Glory be to God. So here we see Jesus addressing Simon which is Peter, and saying to him, after he had finished teaching, and he told Peter to launch out into the deep and let his nets down. And, Peter's, and Peter was like, we, we, we didn't toil all night. And we have taken nothing. But because you said it, now I was just with you when you when you healed my mother-in-law. And I see all the works you did. So this ain't just somebody, anybody telling me to launch out in the deep. I know who this is. This is Jesus. This is the Messiah, the anointed one, the Crisco, the, 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 the one that came. The one that came here. And so it ain't like somebody just walk up to me and say, go go back out there. And no, it wasn't that. He knew that this was of God. And, you know, fishermen and, you know, that's that's a lot of work. So being physically tired. You know, you didn't got off work. You didn't work hard and you didn't get off work. You ready to go home and rest and eat and refresh. But nevertheless, you want me to go back and I'll go back out there. At your word, on that word. And we see Peter. Peter walked out on the water. Peter was able to walk on the water on the word of God. See, I, he didn't go back on his own strength. But he went back on the word that Jesus, that Jesus spoke. Because listen to what Jesus said. Launch out into the deep and let your nets and let down your nets for a drought. Let your nets down and, and get this big catch. On the word of God. When we launch out into deep on the word of God. Glory be to God. Because just around the, the edges of the water. At the bank. What we really going to catch? What fish are we going to catch? Glory by any fisherman know. See, because he's able to talk to them about fishing. Because they're fishermen. Glory be to God. If you were a dancer, he would talk to you in parables about dancing. Because that's what you understand. Amen. 
If you a woman, he may talk to you about being in birth or travailing in birth. You understand that because you're a woman and you and, and nine times out of the ten, you've had at least one child. I don't really have to imagine me being in birth. I've I've had three children. I can just live off the memory of it. I've already experienced it. And at his word, Peter said, at thy word, I'm going to do this because I'm tired. I'm paraphrasing. But because you told me, and I know you the miracle worker. Ah, and I'm expecting something to happen because you just not, you just not a foolish person. You, 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 you wise, wise beyond anything that we've ever seen. Uh-huh. And I'm going to let it out because of that. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Yes. Although Jesus addressed Simon in the first of these two verses, the instructions Jesus gave included Simon's partners. The word translated let down is plural in the original language. Jesus' directions would have seemed absurd to a professional fisherman. Simon and his partners had toiled all the night without catching anything. But Simon had already witnessed the power of Jesus in miracles and teaching and observations of Luke 4, 38-41, 5 and 3. Those undoubtedly stood behind Simon addressing Jesus as master and acknowledgement of his authority to direct Simon. And so the expert fisherman yielded to the word of the carpenter. This is foundational to Simon's future faithfulness in leadership. And they gave some examples um, in the book of Acts. If you want to write them down, they're Acts 2, 14 through 40. Acts 10, 23 through 48. Acts 15, 7 through 11. Where he is known as Peter. See, because sometimes as, as a pastor, as a leader, and you say, well, these people, they hard-headed. They won't do what I tell them to do. See, because uh, at this point in time, maybe something has happened. Maybe you told them to do something and it didn't work. Maybe you have um, acted a, a certain way. Maybe something has happened. And now this is this, is this you know, so... That's why we have to be so careful with our walk and our talk, you know, because once we uh, get off track, we can get back on track. But that don't mean that those people are going to trust you now, you know. Amen. Respect is earned, you know, and respect is, is earned. You know, the Bible does tell us to honor those, you know, but once you didn't do, you out here doing all kinds of unhonorable stuff, we're not going to honor you for that. I'm not going to celebrate you for doing, for, 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 for living like the devil and professing Christ and holding this position. You see, so there, because of the Jesus character, there was no question there. 
But sometimes we as people, we have just done so much character wise that we, we, we you know, the, the members at the church, they, 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 they don't see you doing the, if you're doing what they're doing, they're not going to uh, honor you and, and, and be obedient to stuff because they're going to say, why are you asking me to do something that you ain't doing? Amen. But because of the character of Christ, he walked in integrity. Uh-huh. And they saw a difference in him. Amen. You know, they had this little movie I watched the other week with uh, me and my daughter watched, watched with my grandson, like Mike. You know, everybody wanted to be like Mike. You know, this in this picture, everybody wanted Jesus. You know, everybody wanted wanted to hear what he had to say. This man walking with all of this power and authority, he got to be the Messiah. You, you know, he's got to be the one we've been waiting on. Nobody else have done all of this stuff. That's why there was no hesitation there. And if you keep trying to get people to do stuff in your membership, and people are keep kicking against that, then you find out what it is. Because sometimes it could just be a character flaw. And you might just need to repent for some things to them. See, because when you have a position of authority, it's fine that you go to God and repent. But you need to repent and, and ask these people to forgive you. Because you're their leader. And that's why we have so much of a problem. You know, when you're trying to get people to pay tithes and they're like, well, you don't pay them. Or I'm not going to pay them because you, you embezzling from the church. So we have to have this Christ-like character. Amen. Even we give a word and God said, give it and sanction it. But if our character and conduct is unbecoming a saint, unbecoming the apostle that I say that I am, unbecoming the apostle that I say that, that I am, unbecoming the pastor that I say that I am, they're not going to follow. We can safely trust in Christ. He's the good shepherd. The good shepherd giving his life for the sheep. So what is the problem? What is the hold up? Amen. Because not only did Peter go back, but all the other ones went back too. They was on the start of something great. And Peter didn't know how great that, that one little thing. He didn't know how that was going to unfold and bring forth so much fruit and change his whole entire life. Because when you meet Jesus, it changes your life. Your life will never be the same. You may decide to give up, but he's married to the backslider and you won't have no peace in it. In the middle of the night, the Holy Ghost will speak to you. 
and you say, well, I'm just going to go back in the world. You won't have no peace because you've already been marked and they're not even going to receive you. They say, what you doing down here? I thought you say, why, why are you here? Glory be to God. How many times Jesus asks us to do stuff? It's simple. It's, it's very simple. And, and I was talking about that earlier. You know, um, transition. See, because now as a transition is happening. Because the way that Peter them, and it's the renewing of a mindset, because the way that Peter them were looking at fishing, well, if I went out and I didn't catch anything, then why would I go right back out? You see? And, and Jesus is saying, launch back out and let your net down for a draw. And so now there's a challenge to the mind. He's being challenged beyond where he normally is. See, because he learned fishing more than likely from his dad. And he learned from his dad, right? And Jesus is a carpenter. And Jesus has learned carpentry from his dad and so forth like that, right? And so they had a skill, right? And so to tell a fisherman, to go back out there and not just been out there all night. He didn't understand there was a transitioning that was happening. And he never, him and the men with him, never saw fishing the same again. Tonight, what is it that we, where can we let our nets down again? We, I, well, I tried that. I, I, I put an application in over there and they didn't call me. Or or I, I, I tried to do this. I went to this person and I asked them to forgive me and they wouldn't. And God may be saying, go back and let your nets down for a drop. Well, Lord, I tried and I've tried this and I've tried that and I've tried this and I've tried that. A word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. Go go back and do this. Yeah, you went, but maybe the timing went right. Go back and do it. Amen. Words, you know, words have power. Go let your nets back down and catch the fish. You see? Go back and get things with your friend. Go and gain your friend again. You know, go back to that job and ask for your job back. But it requires being humble, being meek and being teachable. Willing to go back regardless of how it looks. Willing to walk around the car seven times, regardless of who's standing here watching me. Amen. Bursting nets, verse six. And when they had done this, 
when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Despite the apparent foolishness of casting nets after being toiled all the night and catching nothing, a great multitude of fishes were caught. If Simon and his fellow fishermen had followed conventional wisdom instead of Jesus, they would not have experienced this miraculous catch. Jesus did not tell the men to cast their net in order to catch a paltry or even ordinary haul of fish. The abundance was such that their net break. This is also the case in the lives of believers today. Through the blessing we will experience because of our faithfulness are not always obvious or even what we desired at a given time. Our God is a God who delights in giving generously to his people. He, his giving is, is not only in terms of quantity, but also of quality. The haul of fish in our text won't be the last one that obedience resulted in. You know, obedience before knowledge. Will you just do this? You know, that's why it's important. Once, you, once you're in a church and once you're in a ministry, and you lose confidence in that uh, the representative of God, whether it be the pastor, whether it be the co-pastor, whether it be the overseer, whether it be the prophets there, the ministers or whatever. It's hard to receive what you need there. Uh -huh. let's, let's talk about this for a minute. It's hard to receive a word of wisdom when you know that person don't like you. Uh -huh. it's, it's, it's hard to receive when, when you know that pastor's not living right. It's hard to receive it. It's hard. When they are not even walking upright in the word. Someone might say, well, you don't have anything to do with that. The devil is a liar because my, my soul is at stake. My soul is at stake. If I'm here and my family's here, our souls are at stake. Because this is the person that's supposed to be covering us. This is the person that's supposed to be able to speak life into our lives. This is the person that if that we're supposed to be able to go to. And if I can't go to that person, then what is my me and my family purpose there? Then not only that, then you have the other ministers or, or members of the church that now fight against you. Hey, let's just talk about this for a minute. So this person and their family, they can't get the nourishment that they need. Because I want to address the reason why 
and then and then and the and then have the audacity to say people are church hopping. Well, if you would live right, if you would live right, you have this position. And if you would live right, we wouldn't have all of that. My God. Because you're supposed to be upright. Jesus was upright. And it was nothing for Peter. Now, he didn't even say God said it. God told me to tell you. He didn't even say that. He said, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a drop. We can't have positions in the church. We looking at, and you know something? God told me that Trump was a reflection of America months ago. And especially in the church, we see misuse of power. Just running rampant, living any kind of way, doing everything. And then you want to stand up and then tell other people, Give try to give them words and try to say this and try, and nobody re, these people will not receive from you. So these the most important thing that I have today is my soul, and I'm not going to turn my soul over to just anybody because when everything is said and done. All that matters is that I made it and that my living was not in vain. If you don't want to live right, get out of those positions. Matter of fact, the Bible says we, we're not even supposed to have a novice, is a, that's a baby, is not even supposed to be over the work of the Lord. Amen. And we see people running behind Jesus. Wanting a word. There is nothing like drinking from a clean cup. There's nothing like it. It's so refreshing. So refreshing. All of this foolish stuff. Misuse of power. Glory be to God. And then you want to try to, and then try to say this and they going to be cursed and all of this. The devil is a lie. Because one thing I got a right to, I got a right to heaven. And I am, God is holding me responsible. For what I let in this temple. Glory be to God. But being able to launch out. If your pastor came to you and told you right now. To launch out and let your nets down for a drop. Would you know that was the word of God? Or would you automatically think. That this person. It's got it's, it's an agenda in it for this person. And it's a trap. Can you imagine sitting in the church building and 
and thinking that this person, looking at this person, seeing all these spirits on this person, and this person tell you something, and even though you may not say nothing, you sitting there and you just like, mm, mm, mm. See, because people in the pews can see. We have discernment. And we demand better. We demand better. Demand better. I can't make him do better. But I can pack up my stuff and I can pray and ask God to send me somewhere. Because I'm not going to su submit myself to all of these demons and devils and doctrines of, of devils and stuff when I come here. Because if, if if the leadership is not living right, then I might well go to the club. I can't allow you to transfer them spirits into me. I can't allow you to put them in my children. There's a difference between a house of prayer for all people and a den of thieves. But I noticed how easy it was. He didn't say God said it. And, and oh, and, and you're going to be blessed and you're going to get a He said, go. He told him to go to work. Go out there and let your neck down. In the deep. So we got to get to the deep. They didn't have no motorized motorboats. We supposed to be in the deep. Only baby saints should be around the shore. The rest of us should be out in the deep. Because that's where the fish are. I like to tell people, we should be a battleship by now. You've been, in, you've been saved for 20 years. You should be a battleship. You should be equipped. You should be way so far back up out there in the water. Lord have mercy. But you're still on the shore. Put a toe in, take a toe out. It's cold. Put a toe in, take the toe out. Run back up on the shore. Every time the wave get ready to come, run back up on the shore. We got to cut that stuff out. People's lives are depending on us. Souls are going in left and right every day. Thousands of people are leaving this world, even just from the COVID. Judgment is in the land. And judgment must first begin at the house of the Lord. The nets were pure bursting. When is the last time your leader gave you a word from God and you did it and your nets were bursting? Glory be to God. Ask ourselves some questions. Where is my life at since I came to this ministry? Where it Have my life improved or have my life gotten worse? Now, I ain't talking about trouble and trial because we're going to have tribulation. Glory be to God. Because guess what? If the blessings flow from the head to the, to the body, then, then, then curses flow that way too. Aha. Uh -huh. We need Christ like leaders. 
that can give us a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge. Glory be to God, a word of prophecy. They be able to stand and declare the word of God without compromise. And when that happens, you will see the people begin to run. You will, you will see the people begin to run in. 